0: So far, my proudest moment as a librarian has been just seeing how many community members wanted to contribute and that are contributing and how it's spawned the librarian talks, which are so helpful for everybody. And it's really the perfect way to highlight talent within the community, expertise, and share wisdom with the broader kind of
1: Web3 community. Welcome to The Wild Show with your hosts, Will Chang, Lee Chang, and Andrew Su. Hi, this is Will Chang, and as always, I have my co-hosts, Lee Chang and Andrew Su with me.
2: Hey guys, good to be on. Hey, good to be here.
1: A big theme we've heard from all of our Web3 guests is that community is the key to success. CryptoCoven, one of the top NFT collections, has a community that I believe is unparalleled in the space. This episode is hopefully the beginning of a series of episodes where we learn about different aspects of what makes the Crypto Coven community so strong. Today, we brought on Kagami, Head Librarian. Welcome, Kagami.
0: Hey, everybody. Happy to be here.
1: So before I get started, I just wanted to give a shout out to every witch that has been providing us our questions. Mensa the Literate, Sante, Rosemary, and IceCoffee.E. Thank you so much. So my first question today, Kagami, is what is the Head Librarian do for the Crypto Coven community?
0: So... a lot of what the head librarian does is just help people find resources and help build out the resource section in the library. And the library itself is a collection of resources to help people onboard to Web3. Everything is sourced within the community and anybody can contribute to it. And it's really just something that has been lovingly curated by witches for witches and the greater Web3 community.
1: Let's start out with how you got started with the Crypto Coven community.
0: So I think my journey is very similar to a lot of people. I saw Crypto tweeted about on Twitter. I saw the art and went digging for the website and the Twitter and everything. And when I saw the lore that was written, it was kind of my aha moment into Web3. And it was when I kind of knew that I wanted to one mint a witch and then also kind of join and be a little bit more active in the community.
1: And then I know Astrea said that you volunteered to start the library, right? Yeah, I did. So tell us about that process. What made you decide to begin working on it? I
0: think from what I remember, a lot of it was just organic conversation between a lot of which is in the community and how we could kind of carry on this mission of education and onboarding for Web3. And we were talking about the creation of a library. And I just felt like, okay, how do we start this really quickly? What's that MVP version? And that turned into, like, okay, let's create a notion. And, you know, I can spin up a notion really quickly. And we can all just start contributing when we can and building out resources that will help people as they onboard into both CryptoCub and Web3.
1: I think every project, right, in order for you to really want to start, you know, building for the community, you have to really feel like you're invested in it. And so what, what was it about Crypto Covenant that made you so invested in that you wanted to actually do work and build out these resources for the community?
0: I think a lot of it was just seeing the talent of the high witches lore, the art and all the intent behind it was something that I had never really seen in NFTs. And I had been looking into NFTs for maybe three or four months prior. And so it was like, okay, this feels right. This is something that is really lovingly crafted. And I wanted to just be able to create something that carried that same feeling and help them grow their community.
1: Did you already know a lot about Web3 when you started creating the library and you just wanted to give the types of resources that you had to help other people onboard? What was your thought process in terms of building out this notion?
0: I think a lot of it also came from my pain points when I was onboarding into Web3. I was just tasked with researching into Web3, NFTs and other areas for different clients. And I didn't really have anybody to talk to. So I just got to figure it out on my own. And that took a lot of time and effort to understand what was going on. And there's just so much that it can feel like you're essentially drinking from a fire hose. It gets really overwhelming click. So my background is also in content creation. So this was like a perfect, place for me to apply what I know and help build and create these educational resources and bring other people together to continue that on.
3: Can you uh, share what type of content, maybe at a higher level? I'd love
0: to hear some of the types of content you've created. So a lot of the content I've created is both strictly educational for women's health. I spent about two years writing about menopause. That was something very new to me, and I learned a whole lot just Understanding the gap in women's health, the educational resources that were really lacking, and the amount of jargon that was used. So, kind of taking that and applying it over to Web3 was very similar lots of jargon, lots of disparate resources, and it's really hard to understand what's going on. And so, my general skill set has always been I can do research and I can write something that is very approachable and easy to understand.
1: So just to give a description of what I see, what the library is from like an outsider's perspective, and then we can kind of dig into more of it. So in the Discord, there is a library channel where people can ask any questions they want, and there's somebody that is there that will answer the questions. And then in that Discord, there's like a link to a notion. And it's actually a very beautiful notion. Each section has these beautiful witchy-feely pictures to describe what the section is. You have more beginner sections like background, the crypto coven, frequently asked questions, oracles, precious tomes. But you also have information on NFTs, on Web3, on Discord, on crypto wallets, on taxes. And so there's just so much information, so much resources on people that are just getting into Web3. How did you think about building out these sections? And what did that look like for you guys as you guys were building it?
0: A lot of it was just that The Crypto Coven community itself has so many knowledgeable and experienced people and we all had the same want to share that experience, all that wisdom. And it was really easy to just say, you know, like we all had these pain points of onboarding at some point. And I think a lot of people still do. And a lot of people were just willing to take the time to craft those resources and share them in the community. And then it just turned into, okay, how do we organize this in a really easy way to navigate? Notion is still not always ideal for that, but it works now. And it looks really well, thanks to a lot of design help from some of the other librarians. What were some of the first topics that y'all tackled? I think some of the first topics were just NFTs, a little bit about Web3, and some about DeFi and Discord and pseudoswap was actually one of our most popular ones at the start because a lot of witches were bartering and we were all trying to figure out, okay, how do we use PseudoSwap? How do we use Trader XYZ? And I was like, okay, this is one of the best places to build a resource for that everybody can reference and it's guided a lot of people in CryptoCoven and in, I think, a lot of other communities to facilitate trades in a safe manner.
3: How do you measure and understand which ones are kind of most used? Is there anything formal or is it informal?
0: So it's definitely really informal because I think Notion doesn't have those analytics that we want to be able to see who's clicking, who's sharing, how many people are reading and how much time is spent on each page. So a lot of it is just really by word of mouth in different communities or people will say, oh yeah, you know, like we use this. Some people have tweeted about the library itself. So we just measure it that way. It would be great to have another way to do that right now, but maybe that's something for the future.
2: Yeah, I totally wish I had come across a library sooner. There's like a lot of stuff in there that's like super useful that I spent a lot of time trying to figure out that it would just like been so easy to read it. I'm curious for yourself, Kagami, like have you also been as involved with other communities, other projects as much as you are with Cryptocoven? And if so, can you talk a bit about what you see? You know, we talk about like how special the community is here. Right. Cause you mentioned a lot of other communities will actually maybe be linked or be looking at the library for reference. And so have you seen other people do something similar? And how is that different or similar to the Crypto Coven, both library and just community in general?
0: Yeah. So I, I'm somewhat active in other communities, but nothing near the same in Crypto Coven. And I do think across Web3, there are a lot of initiatives built around education now and onboarding. You can see that with Odyssey DAO and Curious Addies along with a few others that are building out resources to help people on board into Web3. I think a lot of those are also, they're really well built and formal. They're like tracks, right? They get you from point A to point B, all the way to where you're ready to understand, and you really understand this one subject. I think what differentiates the library from other projects is mainly just that it is lovingly crafted by witches. It's, I think, one of my favorite things that somebody said was, that this felt like it was hand curated for people. Labor of love. <laughs> yeah, it's not really formal or anything like that. And that's not to say formal is bad. It's something that everybody needs, right? We all have different learning styles. And this was just more like a choose your own adventure, explore at your own will and see what you find. And that in itself can be very enjoyable and it works well with the crypto coven lore where this is world building
2: and exploring. Web three in a narrative manner. Mm. I just love how it's organized by beginner, intermediate, advanced articles, and especially the beginner articles are just so easily digestible, easy to understand, and it gives you references. It's just super helpful for anyone that either is new to Web three, new to NFTs, crypto coven, but also people that are deep into it. I just think it's like a great resource to have.
0: Yeah, I'm really happy to hear that
2: because I know we have
0: 50 plus librarians that volunteer their time to build this out. And I get it's really great to see when people really appreciate it.
1: 50 librarians, that's amazing. <laughs> How do you recruit that many people to join you on your journey? And what is managing that process like for you?
0: Yeah, I think a lot of this was really just organic. People luckily within CryptoCoven care about of education and onboarding. So it was really easy to bring people in. And we really just started with an open notion that anybody could edit. And then once Crypto Coven took off during that mint time, we had to add a little bit more security, which turned into a Google form. And so anybody can apply. They just have to answer a few questions and then they're free to contribute when they have time, because this is all voluntary and community built. There's no set time or expectations. It's just when you have time or you have something that you want to write about, feel free to add it in there.
3: When they are adding in an article or a tome, do they work with anybody else to figure out where to best place it? Or
0: are they submitting it to someone who places it? How does that part work? So the process there is actually really loose too. People just write, they create anything that they want, and then we'll go in and classify it with just a tag, and then it'll populate in one of the areas. We do have, I think if you've looked in there, there's a hidden section. That's usually where all our work in progress is. So once it's finished, we do have editors who take some time to read through and make sure everything looks good. But most of it is just we trust the community to build really great resources. And to date, they've done an amazing job. So there doesn't have to be a whole lot of oversight. It's just publish and we'll do the work and try and highlight what you've built so far.
1: So I have a question from Mensa the Literate. They ask, what's the day in the life of a head librarian look like?
0: I think most of my life as a head librarian right now is just overseeing resources and directing people within the library to the proper channels. We do have a lot of threads also within the library built on specific topics like tokenomics to IP discussion and more. So when people have questions, it's just routing them to those threads and then also overseeing the Twitter handle that we have.
1: I've seen the Twitter handle and you guys every week, I think, come out with this crazy long thread of everything that's happened within the Crypto Coven community, right? Yeah. So is it like a newsletter? Tell us a little bit more about how that started
0: that just started as an idea within a couple librarians. It was a really great way to highlight the accomplishments of the community and also of the high witches. And hard part with NFTs is everybody is in like 10 different projects and you're monitoring probably like 20 more. So how can people stay up to date on the projects they care about? Because not everybody can be in the Discord 24-7 and people shouldn't be in a Discord 24-7. So how do we summarize everything? And it turned into this Twitter thread of here's what happened. Here's what the community has created and highlighting just how talented everybody is within the community.
3: Besides that, the resources and the weekly Twitter update, have there been any other new projects that have spawned?
0: Yeah. So we also have Librarian Talks. So they're fireside chats moderated by Hangry Asian. She does a wonderful job building out agendas and topics for people to listen to. The first one was in the Discord, and it was on play-to-earn gaming with some panelists from within the Crypto Coven, including Nix and Penguin Wizard. And then we moved on to an artist resource one that was just talking to some of the artists within CryptoCoven about how they got started and that journey to becoming a web3 artist and selling their art through NFTs and that one was probably my favorite just because everybody you know got pretty deep into NFTs being an artist and what that means and what that's like because a lot of people are looking to create here and I think that's the beauty of web3 is everybody can create But what are those expectations? Where do you go to create your work? And what are the pros and cons of using specific platforms like OpenSea to Foundation to Norn Origin or moving to Ethereum versus Solana versus Tezos?
3: Sounds so useful. Are these recorded and available in the library?
0: Yes. So they're recorded on our Twitter account. So it's just Twitter spaces. And the other one that I forgot was the uh, fashion, metaverse fashion and NFTs. I think that was also really enjoyable. And one of the cool things that I learned is that I think Gucci actually has a Discord, which I was really not expecting at all.
1: So the librarians, a lot of what they do is take questions from the community and answer them. And so I know that you guys get a lot of questions. And Rosemary asks, what is the most common question that you get?
0: the most common question may actually be like, where is the library? Because Discord (laughs) itself doesn't really let you pin something to the top, right? And it doesn't hover like something. So it's always, okay, so yeah, please check the pin posts because it's not easy to find. And that's kind of the biggest pain point of the library in Discord (laughs) right now. (laughs)
1: what about the most interesting question what are some of the most interesting questions they've gotten
0: some of the most interesting questions right now are around tokenomics it seems like a lot of people are looking into them and we've had a thread for tokenomics for probably like two months and it feels like every couple weeks somebody comes into the library and asks you know do you have any tokenomics resources and it seems like that in itself may be a, a trend that is coming out in web3 is like tokens Whether that's good or bad, I don't know. But it is a really interesting subject.
3: So I actually have a feature request inspired by the newsletter that you talked about, which would be like a weekly upcoming or the next two weeks. So people have something to look forward to because to your point, there is so much noise that I have a very hard time keeping up with it. Does that already exist or that's just a feature request?
0: (laughs) I think that becomes a future thing, but that is entirely possible. I do think the hard part about that, especially for Crypto Coven, is just that there isn't a concrete roadmap. And there's always been this philosophy of not setting deadlines and more just delivering high quality work all the time. But I do really like that idea because it's always nice to have something to look forward to. And I think kind of another initiative or two other initiatives we're looking into for the Twitter is one is jobs. We do have a lot of witches that come in and say, oh yeah, we have these job postings. We'd love to hire somebody within the community and being able to bring those in and share them with the wider community is great. And then the second one is just spending more time being able to highlight projects that are coming out of Crypto Coven from the community and kind of welcoming new members into.
2: Yeah, projects would be amazing. I think there have just been so many. On that note, when you say hire, you're talking about recruiting still on a voluntary basis for Crypto Coven or even people that are posting like, oh, I'm looking for someone to start something with like a co-founder or want to like brainstorm or work on other projects. Is that what those are for or is it mainly for specifically, say, like the library or other initiatives within Crypto No, so it's definitely not really
0: about the initiatives within Crypto Coven or for Crypto Coven itself. It's more just for people who are interested in joining Web3. You know a lot of people really want to onboard and work in Web3, but it's also where do you find those job postings because there isn't really a centralized place that you go to. Web2 has LinkedIn. We have all these different angels lists and everything else, but for Web3, it's hard to find different jobs. So it's a lot easier when there is centralized board at the very least for which it's within the community that we can share who are hiring. Yeah. Some really cool ones that we've seen so far doing analytics was hiring somebody for their data team. And then a few others that have been really interesting. Curious quests they did one of the mysteries and raffled off a witch. And they are, I think, a YC company that's looking for a few different positions. So it was really enjoyable to kind of share that with the broader community.
3: It makes me wonder too, if it'd be useful to even create resources defining each of those jobs. I mean, when we have people on, we definitely ask, what are the roles? What are the day-to-days like? Just like you're explaining the librarian role. So it's pretty inspiring.
1: I've actually seen the job postings for Crypto Coven. And I think one of the cool things about Crypto Coven is that the community is pretty well connected, right? And so there are just a lot of people in Crypto Coven that are already part of Web3. And so I think what Crypto Coven is a good place for is not only for people that are looking for jobs in Web three to find jobs, but also for people that have jobs to find Crypto Coven people to join them in their companies. So it sounds like what you guys are doing is just basically being a connector between people that need to hire and people that are looking to get into Web three.
0: Yeah, exactly. We're just the middle person, and it's hard because not everybody frequents the Discord. So you know, kind of Twitter is. Right now, the next best thing to make sure that everybody sees the opportunities that are within the community.
1: So you've been around since pretty much the beginning and you've seen this community grow and evolve and mature over time. What are your thoughts about being such an early contributor and building out this community along with the high witches and everyone else that has been big part of the process?
0: I think it's just been really enjoyable to see how. A community can grow from something that is really small at the start when starting. And I think I joined in on Halloween and just lurked for a while to understand what was going on because it was really my first Ethereum NFT project that I was looking into. And then it Taking that journey with everybody else of going from quiet times to full mint out and having all these people jump in and then kind of all the chaos that ensued from that. And then slowly watching you know, the community develop and mature over time. That's probably one of my favorite parts of seeing how a project changes from phase to phase and what that kind of means over time.
1: For somebody that is listening to this podcast that has an NFT project and is thinking about building a librarian role for their own NFT projects, what type of advice would you give them or give Kagami six months ago?
0: People are looking to build out educational resources or just like a community-led initiative. A lot of it really is about laying the foundation to make that easy, building in those values from the start that really resonate with people and give them both the opportunity and the confidence to start building. I I think that's really hard in general is having that confidence to say, hey, yeah, I'm going to start this. Who wants to join me? And having those conversations within a community where people want to work together and want to build together.
3: Do you have any advice on how to facilitate that confidence and how to grease the wheels for creating
0: that confidence? That's a really good question. For me, at least when I joined Crypto Coven, it was everything that they had already built within the community for the words they wrote, the art they generated to the way they spoke and just created all spoke to me. And it felt like as an introvert, it was like, okay, this feels really meaningful. And I really connect with it. And finding that connection is very empowering. And That's kind of what drove me to jump in and start being more active. And I think that differs for every person, right? Between even us, we all have different motivations. And so kind of staying true to your community values and believing that right people will come in and then just being there to foster that and kindle that so that they feel comfortable to launch something.
3: Sounds like creating connection through being genuine is really important. Do you Actually, ask explicitly. So let's say the connection is there, you've got the right people coming into the community. Were there explicit questions or examples given of new projects being created?
0: No, I don't think so. Just like the library, it was really just organic conversation. You're talking about how hard it is to find resources, and you don't want another massive list of let's read like 50 things all thrown together. It was how do we curate something and make it easy to read? And that discussion turned into the library. And a lot of the times, I think it's just in Web3, we're all creators. And just being able to foster those conversations leads to future things and people building.
2: Kagami, can you speak to any projects currently in the pipeline that you're working on or initiatives for the library? And if not, can you talk about things that you would like to work on or like to see be added? One of the initiatives that I'm still really excited about
0: is just the librarian talks. It's such a wonderful way to both highlight people within the cryptocurrency community and all their expertise and also make it a really approachable, fun and engaging Twitter spaces. Angry does such a wonderful job building up the agenda and moderating all these panels that this is definitely one of the coolest things to come out of the library that I will always be excited to hear, like the once a month Twitter space.
1: Can you talk a little bit more about the expertise within the cryptocurrency community? Just tell us a little bit about the talent or tell us a little bit about what that community is like.
0: I think the beauty of the community is that there's talent in all different areas from Web 3 to Web2 to design to VCs and true capital and investors to there's no specific expertise. It's just everybody has a lot of experience, and they're always willing to share it, and that spurs these really great discussions from time to time throughout the community.
1: All right, so I have a question for you. This is from Sante. What's a chaos circle?
0: Chaos. Uh, the circle itself is the general chat for crypto Gevin. and so when we get a little chaotic around specific questions or topics that are a bit controversial, it can turn into the chaos circle (laughs) one of the things that we started from was the question that was posed by i think one of the high witches is if you have to give up one thing for the rest of your life would it be rice would it be bread or would it be noodles (laughs) (laughs) and and that caused a lot of chaos and differing opinions to the point where i think we labeled it um The chaos carb circle. (laughs) All right. You got to answer that now, Kagami. (laughs) Oh, mine is entirely rice. I could give rice up really easily, but I could never give up bread or
1: noodles. So when Mensa, the literate, asks, when's the next chaos circle? What does that mean?
0: That really just means when somebody is going to add in a really controversial question or just pose the carb question again. (laughs) but we also have in general like other chaos comes like some nights there's a bunch of corgi gifts that just come out and it's an entire circle of corgi (laughs) gifts and other times we're all just enjoying each other's company and talking about who knows what
1: yeah another question that i have and i think you're gonna have to help us explain archetypes but do you identify more with being a mage or an occultist and you gotta explain what both are for us.
0: What do you expect of a mage, somebody who is a researcher, who is a writer, just like a librarian. As a head librarian, I very much identify with that mage archetype. But at the same time, I am on many occasions the person causing the chaos. And so I can be quite the occultist at times. (laughs) So in many ways, I can be both a head librarian during the day, but an occultist at night.
1: <laughs> I have another question from Venza as well. Help me explain this a little bit because I'm not quite clear. I know there's a Crypto Cats. Can you explain what a Crypto Cat is? Where did it come from? And what do you think about them?
0: Yeah. So the Coven Cats is something that is created by the community. It's a, another NFT project that was inspired by Crypto Coven. And it's really just a group of us that are building a generative cat project, kind of witchy familiars. And we're all trying to build and extend the Crypto Coven community because we also realized that a lot of people were priced out and still are priced out. So cats may be a fun way to give people a feeling of ownership and belonging to the community itself while they're priced out of being able to purchase a witch.
1: So are you involved in Coven Cats?
0: Yes, I am. I've been doing the Twitter handle, so I get to cause all the cat chaos
1: That's very cool. Can you tell us a little bit about what that process of starting a project within the ecosystem is like? Did you have to go talk to the high witches? Was it something that you just did on your own? How did you a team together like just explain us the entire process of building that out
0: this definitely isn't my project that i'm leading this was started by adrian and rita and a few other which is within the community it just really started out as a thread within coven creations and they were thinking about kind of building out cats and something with dna and genetics and it turned into this project that everybody really enjoyed so it kind of grew its own legs and became a project that many people within the community joined in on to the point where we have all this cat art along with rewriting our own articulations, similar to what the witches have, except we call them caticulations. (laughs) (laughs) They have their own kind of modifiers instead of like wit and wisdom. They have like cat themed ones that are very similar and just modeling what the High witches built and turning it into the witchy familiars.
1: Uh, super cool. Yeah, I mean, I've said this before, but I feel like CryptoCoven is almost like a talent accelerator. And I feel like the librarians are a big part of that, right? You have all this talent that comes into the community and the librarians are a way to help them onboard into Web3, get a grasp of it. And you see a lot of witches come out of it with their own projects, with their own art, things like that. And It's really cool to see the Coven cats come out of it and use what the High Witches have built as like a starting point to build your own thing. And it's super cool to see that.
0: Yeah, and I think you make a really good point about Crypto Coven being this sort of talent accelerator and incubator. If so many people within the community itself are really talented, and a lot of times they just need that just a little push, an extra bit boost of confidence and people to support them. And that they share their talent within the community first, and then it becomes an art project, it becomes an NFT project, it becomes something far more, and it's really enjoyable to see.
1: A lot of the crypto coven are anonymous or pseudonymous. All the high witches are, Astrea is. I have a question from icecoffee.eth in terms of asking you about your thoughts on anonymity or pseudonymity online. Yeah,
0: I know that's a really tough question. and It's something I've actually written about for DAOs too, is just how do people, projects, DAOs, and Web3 in general respect people's privacy? I know being pseudo-anon or being anon has this sort of tendency to be associated with scams now because a lot of scammers use anonymity to get away with things. But at the same time, a lot of people may want to remain Pseudo and on for other reasons and for very valid reasons. And it's more just as Web3 grows, how are people going to adjust to that? And I think maybe five, 10 years from now, a lot of people will have on chain resumes associated with their pseudo and on identities. And this won't be as big of a problem because you have a track record. Just like you have a track record and a resume in Web2, you have a track record and resume associated with your pseudo-anon identity in Web3. And I don't know if we'll ever get away from having to dox ourselves for certain opportunities within Web3, just because you do need to share your legal name and everything to kind of be a full-time employee. Or if you want to start a DAO, you may need to sign enough documents to incorporate, and those will always be associated with your actual real identity. But it is a really interesting subject right now because of all the controversy around scams, rugs, and pseudo-on people.
1: It is harder to go from zero, right? For example, for you having to build Kagami from scratch versus borrowing some of the credibility that you've earned in Web 2 and moving over to Web 3, that's much easier than basically starting brand new and then trying to build this credibility online from a completely new account, basically, right?
0: It really is, and... That was also part of my motivation for starting the library was I do want to spend more time in Web3, and this was a really great starting point. It's a jumping off point. It's somewhere that I could write, and it's somewhere that I could share what I had previously learned and struggled with over time. And so it made a lot of sense in that way, too.
1: Where do you see the library going as an intellectual hub?
0: Since this is a community-led initiative, it's always really open to what people want and what we're seeing within the community. I don't think there's a real roadmap for what's going or what's coming next or what the future looks like, but I think we'll see a lot of other initiatives pop out over time, just because a lot of people have those ideas. And the beauty of, I think, the library and Web3 is that you can ship things really quickly and you can iterate pretty easily on things, just working with that and seeing what happens and where it goes.
1: How do you identify ideas? So like, let's say, for example, there's somebody that raises their hand and says, I want to do something. How do you give them a push? How do you give them a hand? How do you vet them out? How do you actually help them get to the finish line versus say, this is not a good idea?
0: I think a lot of it is really just if somebody has an idea, the library is that platform. We'll provide you with resources. We'll provide you with whatever help you need to start it. the library talks. It was just an idea and then it turned into something a little bit more formal. There's just, what do you need? How can we help you? What's the best way we can support you so that you can create what you want to create?
1: Is there anything that's off-brand, right? Because I'm sure there's a community culture and things are set in a certain way to move in generally like a broad direction, right? What happens when an idea or someone comes in and it conflicts with that culture or conflicts with that vision, What happens? How do you work with that?
0: I think the nice part about the Crypto Coven community is that there are these explicit set rules in initiation, like the witch packs, right? So when conflicting ideas or conflicting anything comes in, it's really easy for the community itself to self-police and share like, okay, here, you should go look at these because this may be a conflicting value that we're seeing. And it's nice to have that to self-correct everybody.
3: So I've seen that, this is a tangent, that writing tools and kind of publication format really drive content in many times like unseen ways. Have you noticed any pros and cons to using Notion given its format?
0: So I always have this love-hate relationship with Notion. The UI isn't always the greatest and the display of the articles doesn't always work really well. It's definitely finicky and right now if... It gets too long. Things get truncated. You have, at least within the library, there are specific sessions that essentially are above the fold. And then as you scroll further, and at some point it gets cut off and it just says, like, do you have to toggle to see more? And, you know, that's a pain point. I really wish it would just show everything. So it was more like an infinite scroll, right? So everybody could just keep on browsing. But yeah, and I, I think UI-wise, there are definitely improvements that could be made but this isn't something that we can just port into like a web page yet. And if we were to kind of turn this into a website, we would also lose all the backlinks that have been shared on Twitter and throughout other communities. And that's kind of something that would be really painful because they're already there and they could help a lot of people. But once those links go, you, you don't really like have that chance to say, oh, hey, we changed the URL. You might wanna update your resources. 100%.
1: What is your proudest moment as a librarian?
0: So far, my proudest moment as a librarian has been just seeing how many community members wanted to contribute and that are contributing and how it's spawned the librarian talks, which are so helpful for everybody. And it's really the perfect way to highlight talent within the community, expertise, and share wisdom with the broader kind of Web3 community.
1: What do you think makes the community so special? What do you think makes CryptoCoven stand out versus other communities?
0: It's really hard to identify. A lot of people I've seen are saying it's just built different. And I don't know what that differentiator is. It just marches to its own beat. It doesn't follow the templates that we expect out of NSG projects. Right now, especially, we're seeing like tokens. Everybody expects a token. Everybody expects a community DAO. Everybody expects ways to get specific utility, CCO and IP rights to all these traditional things that we've now come to expect that generate value for NFTs. And I think a big part of Crypto Covenant is it's never been about that. It's always been about this world building the lore and the art and exploring that creativity and empowering that creativity so that other people and other projects spawn from the community so
3: outside of the crypto common resources are are there any people or shows that you are reading or enjoying listening to the most right now
0: i know i've enjoyed this podcast many times (laughs) so there's that one (laughs) Thank you. It's
3: not a planted question. Just cause yes, that. No, that, that was not a
0: planted question. <laughs> that was just, these have always been really valuable for me. I think Bankless is always really helpful. But otherwise, for me, it's always been Twitter. It take a lot of time to kind of curate what my lists and what I'm looking for. And so, in many cases, the algorithm is actually quite helpful for me in surfacing kind of good threads, good thought pieces, and just cultivating my media list through there.
1: Can you talk more about that? How does someone do that? Because I would say most people, when they look at Twitter, are just a mess, right? And so how do you actually get what you want out of Twitter?
0: I think for me, it's always been leveraging TweetDeck because it's a free tool and Twitter acquired it. It's a great way to craft your lists and put kind of accounts and people that you want to follow into specific areas that make it easier to compartmentalize everything. So it's not just one giant feed of mess. It's a little bit more organized of a mess, and you can look at specific things. You use it as a monitoring tool. So if you want to monitor specific hashtags or specific accounts, you can also create that. It's just an overall helpful resource that kind of orders the chaos.
1: Can you give examples of categories or hashtags or just to make it a little bit more tangible? Can you just give an example of what your tweet deck looks like? The kind of
0: what my tweet tech ended up looking like was specific accounts in areas that I really enjoy. Like for web three, I have found specific Twitter handles that I really enjoy. And a lot of that is from kind of tech, because that's where I've always worked in. So following tech thought leaders. So it's been really helpful to see that. And then kind of being able to follow specific NFT projects that I'm either holding NFT or I'm interested in. And then kind of a third list is always just like friends and accounts that I want to follow that are in communities that I'm also in. Just to be able to kind of like if I want to retweet or easily share their content, it's really just like how do you streamline everything so it's easier for you.
1: And just what you've done just to kind of explain for the audience is you've created an audience, right? And you put people into that audience and then in TweetDeck, you have different columns with each of the audiences. So you have three different separate audiences that show up. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. Cool. Awesome. So Kagami, you've been in the community since it first started. What has being part of the community been like for you? And what have you gotten out of it?
0: I think for me, just being a part of the community has been really enjoyable to kind of explore my more creative side. I write educational content and work with a lot of tech companies. so it's really cut and dry for me. And I don't really get to explore that kind of fiction writing or crafting a persona or crafting narratives in a more lore and world building way. That's been really enjoyable for me. And finding people who are experiencing a lot of the same things that I experienced going through Web3, it's really helpful to connect in
1: that way. You actually have a lot of different Twitter handles to follow, right? So let's start out with your first one. Like, how do people find Kagami?
0: You can find me at at Kagami underscore NFT. That's my main handle.
1: And then how do people find the librarians?
0: That is at Coven Librarians.
1: And Coven Librarians is a weekly thread of everything that's happening in Crypto Coven community. And how do people find Coven Cats?
0: It is at Coven Cats. So there are my three handles that I am everywhere on.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I have trouble just handling one. I don't know how you do three. How do you handle three Twitter handles?
0: I think it's just because I've worked with startups so much that I'm used to the chaos. So like three Twitter handles, it's honestly nothing at this point because I've put out enough fires that it's like, oh yeah, you know, three Twitter handles. Okay. That's kind of pretty easy.
3: (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. So then how do you mind shift into a different Twitter handle? And what kind of fires have you had to put out?
0: Mind shifting is really hard because regular account is a lot of tweet threads, and then jumping to the librarians account, it's relatively similar. Right, it's still educational and it still has a weekly rundown of what's happening in the crypto coven community. But then coven cats is really just chaos and tweeting and shit posting. So um, it's like covering all the different Web three things that every Twitter person needs to be able to accomplish.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're different talents, right? Coven cats is definitely much different than crypto librarians or coven librarians. Coven cats is just a, yeah a bunch of shit posting. I actually wanted to ask you how much time it took for those threads because the copywriting is really great too. They're very long threads, so for those
0: threads, I actually write them in one sitting, and I despise editing personally because if I edit my own work, I will just tear it up and restart. And it's just not productive. So a lot of this really is. I'm going to sit down. I've thought a lot about this, and I'm going to write it in probably like 30 to 45 minutes. And I'm going to let it sit for 15. And I'm just going to press send because I don't want to look at it anymore.
1: Oh, so, right. that was, that's great.
0: <laughs> we have a very crappy
3: similar version for our show notes. The way I say it, I <laughs> <laughs> can't edit it. I just send it to Willerly, and then they make the call because I just can't do it. <laughs>
0: It's entirely true. Whenever you're writing something, you don't want to reread it. It's just like hearing your own voice through any medium. It's kind of like, oh, do I really want to go down that route? Like, okay, I have to at some point, but I want to avoid it as much as possible. Totally.
1: And finally, how do people find the library?
0: So the library is in the CryptoCoven Discord. It has its own channel. And then to find the Notion, you want to go to the pin posts. And the pin posts have a guide on the most popular resources, and for you to find the overall Notion if you just want to explore it on your own time.
1: And what are some of the things that people could learn from the Notion?
0: So I think people can learn pretty much everything about Web3 NFTs, wallet security, Discord security, especially how to manage Discord, because I know we all have thousands of notifications, And so finding ways to manage that chaos is really helpful. Yeah, it's really just a great starter for anybody entering the Web3 space that wants to learn more.
1: All right, thank you so much for your time, Kagami. Really appreciate it, had a really good time. Me too, thanks you guys for taking the time.
2: Really appreciate it. Thanks, take care.
1: Thank you so much for listening until the end. If you've enjoyed this episode, Please leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. It'll help more people like you find us. You can find more about us on wild.show, wld.show. Please subscribe to our newsletter or DM us on Twitter. We'd love to get to know you.